0: What's up, everybody? And welcome to the latest edition of the Falcons in Focus podcast presented by Ticketmaster. I'm Scott Baer. That's Tori McElhaney. Gentleman in the middle, QB1, Desmond Ritter for the Atlanta Falcons. Desmond, thank you so much for joining up.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, before we get to anything that's modern day or present tense, we Tori did find a great story that we have to go back. We have to take you back to uh, Churchill Downs, Mm-hmm. right? This is On maybe five 6 years ago, yep. junior in high school. On
2: Oaks Day, I believe, which for those don't that don't know what this is, this Oaks Day is apparently like a freaking big holiday in Louisville, Kentucky, Jeez. and your hometown, and it's the day before the Kentucky Derby. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? That's correct. Now I know the story because I saw it in uh, Pat Ford did this really great story on you in Sports Illustrated when you were kind of going through the pre-draft process. I definitely recommend people go read it, but he tells the story. And it's one of my favorite stories that has ever come out about a person that we've interviewed on this podcast. Please take us back to five or six years ago. You're at Churchill Downs on Oaks Day, supposed to be partying it up, but instead Mm -hmm. you get a phone call. Drop it, us into history.
1: It goes, yeah, it goes even a little bit before Oaks Day. So, you know, in college when you're getting recruited, they the the coaches will come down and watch you throw. Um, so at the time, one of the wide receiver coaches from Cincinnati had came and watched me throw, um, you know, had a pretty good throwing session. And then, you know, I get back to school or whatever it was, and I get a call and they're like, hey, we want to come back down. In about two weeks, um, you know, We'll let you know when uh, I want to bring the offense coordinator Zach Taylor down and we'll come out your throat. So I'm like, okay. so the week of you know my, my coach meets me in the lunchroom and he's like, hey does they they want you to throw on Friday morning. And I looked at my coach like because we all know what Friday morning is I'm like <laughs> yeah I'm like coach it, it's Oaks. he's like, yeah, I know he's like he's like get your guys like it'll be good. I'm like, all right like, this is probably you know where my leadership role kind of starts in. so I'm like guys I'm like look I need you guys Friday morning. Uh, you know, we'll be out there we'll get out there at seven o'clock, start throwing seven thirty, we'll be done by eight o'clock, eight fifteen. Go home, get dressed, get some food, we'll be good to go. Uh so Friday morning comes around. We get out there, we have a great workout, guys are good, go home, get dressed and everything, everyone get some food. Um, and then we get to Churchill Downs and you know I'm still thinking kind of, you know, I'm almost kind of done thinking about the throwing. You know, I knew I had a good throwing session and everything. Yeah. So let's go have some fun. Let's go watch these ponies race. Um, And, you know, midway through, it was probably about 1 o'clock during the day, um, I get a phone call from a Cincinnati number, and and it was them, and it was Coach Tuberville. Mind you, I'm in the middle of Churchill Downs in the infield. I don't know how many people have been there, but – it's chaos it's yeah. wild it's loud there's especially people. on
2: this day particularly right yeah and yeah.
1: On, on friday because in louisville actually most of i would say about 90 percent, 95 percent of the schools have off yeah from kindergarten through high school so we're talking full Ca- holiday yeah full holiday so everyone's got that friday <laughs> off um so that's where all the kids are at so you think of thousands of thousands <laughs> of high school kids just in the middle of, of churchill downs that's where i was at and so i get the phone call and I look around. Obviously, I didn't have any money back then, so I had the cheapest ticket, just general admission. I had nowhere to go. I'm looking. I'm looking. I can't hear a thing. So, like, Coach, give me a second. <laughs> Take off to the nearest porta potty. That was that was the most indoor thing that I could find, or where I could be isolated by myself and be able to hear. Um, so, I, I I took my buddy. Me and my buddy went. Um, my buddy stood right outside the porta potty waiting for me and i opened the door with just like the biggest smile on my face he's like was that it i was like yeah that was it and then we all just celebrated the rest of the day um and obviously made it obviously a memorable moment for yeah. me but um it was huge it was fun that's did, the
2: funniest thing that's one of my favorite stories
1: did coach tuberville know where you were yeah
2: did you tell him yeah so they they knew they
1: knew where i was at because i mean i told them like i mean they knew we were coming there on friday morning right. there was no yeah. school they was like as soon as they were done they was like, All right, you guys go have fun. Like you know we know what today is, go have fun. Um so yeah, they knew they knew what it was, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the call is bigger than some things. <laughs> <laughs> so the famous porter. The, the offensive coordinator that worked you out, Zach Taylor,
0: is yeah. now head coach for the Cincinnati Bengals, mm-hmm. institution over there now. Um, you you didn't get a
1: chance to work with him, but
0: do you still keep in any sort of contact with him now? You both in the NFL and you were kind of starring in Cincinnati. At the same yeah, time. there was
1: obviously you know contact throughout the throughout the whole you know kind of just my career um, that it, it's kind of been you know Coach Taylor, like I said, he recruited me there. You know, got to know my family really well. Um, you know, took me on multiple visits to Cincinnati, and so um, that was the guy who I thought I was going to play for, the guy that I thought I was going to learn under, um, and then obviously, you know, the coaching change happened, and, and he went elsewhere. I think he went to the Rams as a wide receiver coach, um, but even then, we still kept in connection. You know, he's, he's letting me know, good game. I'm watching you, this, that, and the third, um, and so, you know, our connection just kind of stayed there, um, and then obviously, you know, we played him last year, talked to him after the game, Um, and, and, you know, it's just been wild to kind of Uh see how obviously being at Cincinnati and then, you know, he's at the the Rams for a little bit and then you see he gets a head coach job at Cincinnati. was just kind of, you know, a full circle.
2: I think that's so cool. And so I read something that you, you didn't really take a lot of time to like deliberate that you were going to go to Cincinnati. I I think it was a quote saying something like, I'm not going to draw this process out, but in the middle of that, you know, there is that coaching change. And so how long from the time that you were in that porta potty and you get the offer <laughs> to you actually like making a full on decision, how long was that?
1: I mean what it's always first week of May. Yeah. Um so, you know, going into that off season of my junior year, I broke my foot in December playing basketball. Um so I was recovering from that. And so, you know, those throwing sessions right there around Derby Time, around this time uh, was kind of like my first kind of getting back into throwing, getting back into going. Um, and, you know, I'm here from, you know, multiple different schools that they're going to offer me, you know, this and that and the third. So I'm just waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And I, none of those schools had offered me when they said they were going to offer me two weeks ago and they haven't got anything. So, you know, I know the process is, is just getting drawn out, but you still have a whole senior year and stuff. Right. But I got, that, I got that Cincinnati offer. Um, and, you know, shortly after that Cincinnati, I got EKU. Um, but I sat down with my high school coach and he said, you know, look, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you, you gave us your goals. You wanted to go play Division One football. Um, you want to go play at a high level. You obviously want to go to the next level and to the NFL. Um, and so once I got, you know, Cincinnati and we looked at it, took a visit and, you know, obviously had driven up there an hour and a half away from home. Um, so I'm, you know, kind of familiar with the area. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we looked at it and said, hey, you know, th- this is a place where, you know, I could see myself playing. Um, and, you know, I'll forever be thankful to, to my high school coach, Coach Dave Nuremberg, um, who, who kind of helped me with that process and helped me with that decision. Mm-hmm. And
0: one of my favorite stats of yours is 44-6, and six, right, because that kind of says everything about the legacy that you left with the Bearcats, right? But let's go back to 1-0, which was at the Rose Bowl, small <laughs> aside, I went to UCLA, and when Drake was in your seat, he mentioned all these times that he kicked UCLA's butt. Right. And now I'm going to open myself up for another humiliation. Yeah. <laughs> because 1-0 was two, – two, two humiliations. Oh, two <laughs> two humiliations. You're right. Yeah, Thank came, you. Yeah, they came <laughs> back to <laughs> Nipper the next year <laughs> and got that work. Appreciate that. Oh, it never ends. Okay, Just so –
2: drive it further and right, further. Ends. So
0: you're at the Rose Bowl mm-hmm. yeah. for your first game – Against, I mean, UCLA was what it was back then, but still, like that's a huge moment—ninety thousand people, the whole thing—and you come out of that one with the win. Like, what was that? What did that mean to you? If you look at the forty-four and six, right? Like, what did one and zero mean there?
1: Oh, it was huge. Um I want to. Uh, let's calm down on the ninety thousand. It might have been about fifteen because they, <laughs> they weren't they weren't in school yet. Yeah, oh, it was the first up. game of the <laughs> season, so they also weren't in school like yet. Also not like playoff, you know. But yeah. no, it was huge. You know, you know, coming, you know, going to Cincinnati and obviously, uh, you know, Cincinnati at the time was you know a smaller school and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you you hear about UCLA, you hear about the Pac-12, and you know all these big time schools. And for us, we were coming off a four and eight season. Um, and so not really knowing what the what the, the next year was going to look like, um, you know, it was obviously, you know, that's a scary feeling not knowing what it's going to be. Um, obviously, you know, what did I wanted to do and what I wanted to be. Um, so when we went out there, you know, obviously that was my first time going west of the Mississippi. So when I got off the plane, it was already like, oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm seeing mountains that are bigger than hills I've ever seen before. I mean, it was just a whole, you know, it's kind of a, a culture shock to a lot of us because mm-hmm. we've never even been out that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have one tight end, Josiah DeGar, who's with the Packers right now, who's from California. Other than that, everyone's, you know, Midwest and over. So um, going out there, it was fun. Um, we obviously know um, that we wanted to go out there and win. Uh, we didn't know, you know, what the game was going to be like, you know, how it was going to be played. Uh, and, you know, for us, it was a ground-and-pound game. Uh, just keep the ball moving, and that was something we were able to do.
2: Uh, someone who I think has been very every – t- everything that I read about you and doing preparation for this podcast – um, coach Gino was someone who his quotes were the ones that I think I leaned on most. And Coach Gino was your quarterbacks coach. He's now with Notre Dame, I Correct. believe. What was um, y'all's relationship like? What what kind of did y'all's relationship look like, even in the early days of, of you getting to Cincinnati?
1: Yeah, Coach Gino was like an older brother to me. That like uh, you know was older brother of like 15 years. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And so you know there were times where you know he was joking and everything and and you know brother brothers and then there's times where you know he's snapping me into shape and uh you know obviously throughout everyone's cause times there's ups and downs there's good and bad uh but through all of it you know he was there for me and so you know he helped me with everything uh you know on the field off the field whatever it may need be uh you know he was kind of the guy that you know i leaned on to to talk to because uh you know obviously he played at cincinnati was one of the the quarterback cincinnati quarterback greats there um and and, you know so just being he was also from kentucky northern kentucky so just having so many similarities to each other um and both being younger guys you know it kind of just helped us bond together
2: now there was a video and then we can kind of move on in your story but there was a video from when you made the announcement that you were coming back to cincinnati for your last year and I don't know if this is real or not, but in that video, it's like a text message between you and, like, Coach Gino, and it was you kind of saying, like, I want to come back and break your records. Like, I want to get us back to this, uh, get us another conference championship, all that kind of stuff. Was that real or? No,
1: that was real messages. Really, that was real messages.
2: Because I was watching it and I was like, "Wow, they really did like some cool like post production stuff." I wonder. So that's a really cool. Yeah,
1: that was that was before production. That was before that was (laughs) was raw messages going back and forth between us, and then obviously it turned into that. But that's cool. uh, Yeah, no, you know, that's just the type of relationship I have. Obviously. Uh, you know, knowing him, you go in there and you see he's on the, the ring of honor. So, uh, you know, seeing that name and, and that was the last quarterback name that's been put up there. So uh, seeing that and seeing him in the building every single day, obviously, just gave me the motivation to to go be better than him. It made it easy. You know, it's kind of hard to sometimes try to be better than someone that you've you know, never seen or don't right. even talk to her. Or, you know, it's just a name on a wall. Like, oh, I want to be better than that guy. Uh, but when he's right there with you, and you're like, okay, I gotta, <laughs> yeah. I gotta get after it. Now. Right?
2: Yeah, it's like you're pushing, like what you said, your big brother. A little yeah, bit. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that was a big year for you,
0: right? Your senior year. We obviously know what the Bearcats did over the, you know, the mm-hmm. college football playoff and stuff like that. It was a big year personally as well. Um, if I'm doing the math right, and my math is not always good, you had your daughter Leighton that same year, mm-hmm. right? In April, yeah. In yeah, April. In, in in April because her birthday is coming up uh, on tomorrow. the tomorrow, couple, couple April nineteenth. About, <laughs> about twenty-seven hours. <laughs> um, so you're you're a college guy. You're heading steamrolling towards the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. You've got a program that you've helped elevate, and now you got. A little one, like, running around. Like, what was that experience like, adding her to all of this type of stuff? I mean, so many positive things yeah. happening at the same time for you. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, it, you know, it was just hectic. Was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't even that's – that's, that's, no, that's, yeah, that's about all you could put it. Uh, no, obviously, you know, as anyone who has a child and everyone knows, you know, they're, they're your motivator. Um, they're, you know, what makes you wake up every single morning and go to work and do what you do. Um, but no, you know, everything, you know, worked itself out. Obviously, I have a great support system with my wife, um, who was there for me throughout, you know, college when I'm going to school and then going to practice. Um, she she's there with Layton. So um, and then obviously now, you know, the days are long and the, and the nights are long. So, um, you know, she did a great job of, you know, kind of let me focus on, on what I needed to do. Um, and, you know, she kind of, you know, took her motherly role at that point. But, uh, no, you know, obviously I couldn't do it without her, couldn't do it without my support system. So, uh, but yeah, it, it was a hectic time. <laughs> I so. joke
2: all the time that Layton's my favorite Ritter. She's the <laughs> cutest. She really she is.
1: is. So you met Claire,
0: your wife now, mm-hmm. in high school at a movie theater?
1: Ooh, dang, y'all did some good research. <laughs> <laughs> no, we really, we're really, We try to, yeah, we, we try, try to dig prepared. around a bit. Yeah, yeah. um, yeah, so freshman year it was i think uh in high school obviously you know you go in as eighth graders and start summer workouts for yeah. your f- mm-hmm. uh, freshman football team uh, i had met a buddy and you know a couple of us you know obviously throughout the summer get along have be friends um and he was like let's, let's go see the movie it was insidious uh mm-hmm. so a scary movie so it was, <laughs> it was my buddy myself and maybe one or two other guys and then he's like hey my friend's gonna meet us there like is that cool sure okay Boom, I open the doors so for the movie theater. She's sitting there. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is your friend? Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, obviously introduce yourself, you know, sign next to each other, whatever. And, uh, obviously didn't do enough then because, uh, it wasn't about till two years later, two and a half years later, of when I, uh, finally made my move to, uh, okay, to ask you the question. So, yeah, how well, no, 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 did Here's the
2: thing the part of this that I feel like he's not telling you said you were a freshman in mm-hmm. – okay, freshman in high school. You were like 5'9", 130 pounds probably at oh, that Oh, that's an time. excellent Two point. Two years <laughs> later, you were like 6'4", 185.
1: But also, she claims it was hair. I don't know if oh. you guys – I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Holes. Yes. Were um, you like
2: zero? Zero.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, my hair, I had I had a big fro. Um, and so, she claims it was the hair. Okay, and then okay. It was actually, you know, convenient enough. Uh, sophomore year, spring ball, I lost a bet. And so I brought in the Clippers to practice wow. in the locker room and shaved it all off. And, uh, wow.
2: N- and here y'all are Yeah, now. And here we are now. Yeah, happily what a, married. What with a
1: great decision that was. Wow. You really won
0: that bet, if yeah. you think about it. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, in the long <laughs> run, for yeah. sure.
2: Absolutely. Now, I, I think we need to go, go even further back. back. Because I have so many questions about um, you growing up. And... I was reading about, you know, your mom had you when she was 15, correct? Mm-hmm. And you lived early on with your mom and your grandma and I think aunt an aunt and uncle mm-hmm. and some cousins or something like yeah. that. But the funny thing is, is I saw a quote where you were talking about how it, you and your cousins would, would kind of, y'all got a little wild and rambunctious and there was a back patio door at your grandma's house that that poor glass door just got absolutely mangled Mm -hmm. over and over again what (laughs) please tell the people how many times y'all broke that door
1: oh so if you guys think of like an old wood cherry door um like french doors i think is what it's called but they open up um and then on each door panel there's probably i don't know six glass windows on each side so it's like 24 windows on each thing um, and they were all obviously glass. Um, and you know, by the time I was able to pick up a ball and everything, I think as of today, obviously, you know, there were, there were four more grandkids came through there. <laughs> I think there was maybe one remaining glass window. Oh, um, <laughs> all the other ones were replaced by plexiglass. Uh, yeah, my grandma was tired of that. So, uh, yeah, see the, the next thing that we did, we had these cots that we would lay on and then these mats that folded up. And we would get the cots and then we would duct tape them all the way to the door and so whether it was throwing it or doing like kickoffs uh yeah that door took some meetings
2: that's hilarious i love that now when i i think like your relationship with your mom is like really really cool relationship because it it is i'm sure she had to go through a lot when you were really really young i mean what was um she to you not just in those you know, those early kid days, but who is she to you now as well?
1: Yeah, I would think, um, you know, early on, obviously, you know, she, she did everything. She was, you know, going to school. She was, you know, working multiple jobs and everything. So, you know, I knew early on it wasn't just her. You know, it was my grandma. It was my aunts, my uncles, um, and you know, that they was all there for me. Um, so, they was really helping her out. Um, but, you know, like I always say, you know, we, we grew together. You know, I watched her grow. Um, I watched everything that she did, watched how she went about life. Um, and you know, that's what obviously being a father now, you know, I try to put, you know, a lot of, I know Layton's young, but I try to put a lot of the same things on her too. Um, where, you know, like I said, we grew together. So it was kind of like I was on my own together too. So I was, yeah. I was like taking these things as they came and, and we're kind of learning with it. Um, and you know, that's kind of what I try to do with Layden now. Um, and then now, you know, obviously she's, she's been my, my support, my role model. Like I said earlier, my support system, um, you know, and my wife and my mom are one and two right there, one A, one B. Um, and, and so, you know, that, that's the person I go to, you know, with any problems, anything that I have, uh, more on the adult side of life, right, obviously. Yeah. Um, but no, you know, it's kind of funny the other day, um, Layton had, had taken a fall and it's kind of honestly one of the first times I've called her and been like, Hey mom, like, what do we do? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I like, mom, like, I don't, I don't know what we do here. Um, <laughs> but no, so, so it's, it's pretty fun. Obviously, uh, you know, I love her to death. So, you know, everything that is part of my why as well.
2: Yeah. And. I I'm curious to hear the answer to this because I feel like I know the answer to this. Who taught you how to throw a football?
1: Yeah, that was my grandma. <laughs> yeah, yep. um, that's what so I So my, my uncle obviously played football, um, and, and so the pads and the helmets were in the house. So I would see him down in his room. I'd go, you know, put on some big old pads, a big old helmet, um, and then you know, around, you know, just throwing it back. But in the rooms, we just had the the wallpaper and the border that went around the top. Um, and my board, it was every single like sports thing you could think of. So it was football, basketball, tennis, golf. It was all. So every time I went to bed, that's what I looked up. It was, was was sports. Um, and, and then, you know, one day, obviously I picked up the football and we're out in the front yard and I'm on this end. My uncle's on the other end. And my grandma's sitting on the porch, and she was like, all right, I'm tired of looking at this. Um, <laughs> like, if you're going to do it,
2: you're going to do it right. Yeah,
1: and, you know, I think her dad helped her with that, too, um, up in Ohio. But, yeah, so she's the one who taught me, you know, how to, you know, when to take the laces, what fingers yeah. they should be on, and then how to throw it. So, yeah.
2: That's cool. I love that. Yeah, that's one of that's, my favorite stories. That's kind
0: of like how the, f- the very, you know, foundation started, and you're – I do like that. No matter how many times the glass got broken, it didn't stop you guys from playing football right. in the house. Like oh, that no, 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 wasn't no, 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 an option. No, no, yeah. That yeah. wasn't That's just an a matter option. of getting it fixed and yeah. moving on. Um, it, it's always interesting. You, you you look back, and everybody's upbringing is unique, but it sounds like it, not everything was easy all the time, but it doesn't sound like you would trade any of it,
1: right? Is, is, is all these things that we're talking about kind of is what made you who you are? You 100%. Know? I think, you know, I think you could say that for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, you know, would have very few regrets or, or would change very few things about, you know, their past life or even yesterday, whatever mm-hmm. happened. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's who makes you you. Um, that's what makes me me um and you know i wouldn't change it i don't regret anything that you know happened or have done um and you know i'm thankful for all those people in my life that have helped me get to the point where i am today mm-hmm. you know I, it's it's weird because you when you were
0: getting recruited to college there weren't a ton of offers right but you committed early in like during your junior mm-hmm. year but you didn't have tons of options it wasn't like power fives raining down right mm-hmm. and then you go through the draft process and it goes later than probably most people expected so you think like that's a motivator but you you also seem to have a good perspective like 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 do you understand what i'm saying like it seems like you're you're fueled by some of these things yeah. but at the same time you kind of understand the it's big reality. picture right yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, it's obviously, you know, there's underdog mentality, there's a chip on your shoulder, Yeah. and then there's just going to prove, you know, what you know you can do in your own head, Exactly. and so, you know, I know what I can be, I know, you know, how good not only myself, but, you know, this team can be, and so, you know, that's something that I just go in every single day, is just go to work, you know, just wake up and put your head down and go, and, you know, kind of go back to, you know, how you were raised, that's just kind of how it was. Um, you, you just woke up and you know you just went you went and attacked the day whatever was thrown at you good or bad you accepted it and then you moved on and kept going um and so obviously you know as a quarterback that's something you have to do um and so yeah
2: something that I feel like has been kind of a trademark of yours from even you know probably in high school but definitely time at Cincinnati and now here in Atlanta and this was something that um Justin Williams who used who's used to be my colleague at the athletic he covered you at Cincinnati like basically your whole time there, and he wrote so much about you and so many things that I I got to read about. But something that always came up, and it was these same quotes over and over, and it was just, you know, Dez is someone you want to play for. Your coaches would say that. Or your teammates would be like, you know, Dez is a guy I want to play with. And I feel like that even came up the very, very first time that we talked to Drake London and Ricky Minicamp last year when you and him had just met, and he's like, Dez is a guy I want to follow. When you hear people around you saying that, how is, you talk about motivating factors, like the external motivation and also internal motivation, but when you hear things like that, how does that kind of epitomize who you want to be and who, who you feel like you are?
1: Yeah, obviously, you know, still at the end of the day, you know, you know technically the outside noise, whatever you want to call it, but, um, you know, you hear that and it just makes you want to go harder. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, you hear these guys say that and you hear people talking about you and like you said, Justin wrote a lot of things uh so then what you know what does it look like you going out there and just going about your day just to go about it Mm -hmm. um and you know i think that's one thing i do well is you know every single day just show up and go to work um have a good energy about it um and then obviously you know they see the work that you know not only myself but everyone else puts in um and you know they see that you know i have the energy and want to go out there and be better um and so you know for me it's just about you know not only being yourself um, but being yourself and, and being comfortable around the guys too, mm-hmm. um, I think that's one thing that you know it just really helped out with my style. Yeah, yeah. you know, it, I don't know why this always sticks with me, but we were in Baltimore
0: last year. It was your second start, mm-hmm. I think. It's coldest, it day, in coldest, Ravens coldest day in Baltimore history. Coldest day in Baltimore history. Tori and I were dumb enough to go out there for a little bit, but you were first on the field before warmups. And the thing that I noticed that really stuck with me is every position, every position group that would come through. You would stop whatever you were doing come over by the tunnel and just say what's up to everybody so everybody knew that you cared about their effort out there right Mm -hmm. like and and it seemed like i talked to some people about that after the game and it just seemed like those little tiny things mean something yes right and as you prepare to be you know to to start for this team like is it those little things those everyday little things that help you kind of get ready to lead
1: all 53. 100%. Whether I'm cracking a joke with someone, mm-hmm. whether you know I'm beating someone in ping pong, whatever it may be, um, just, you know, growing closer to all these guys. You know, if there's any younger guys out there listening, whatever it may be, just grow close with the guys, just, you know, off the field, just connect with them, um, whatever it may be. Whether, you know, if, if you don't have any, you know, sort of connection with the guy in any sort of way, you know, find something, you know, make them laugh, make them smile, whatever it may be. Um, and, you know, that's just going to grow not only the respect for you as a, as a player, um, but as a person as well. And if you have that, um, you know, then those guys will be able to trust you out there on the field.
2: Yeah. I You talk about connections. One of my favorite connections that you have is with Drake London. Yes. I, I love y'all, y'all's relationship, just kind of like watching it from 100 feet back or whatever. And what was the first thing that y'all connected on? Because I feel like y'all connected very quickly in a way that I don't think is like – I don't know, like – you almost feel like kindred spirits in a way.
1: Um, you know, probably both being light skinned. I'm just yeah, really? Yeah. Uh you know, sometimes sometimes we struggle uh really? with yeah. that sometimes. Uh and you know, just being six four, about the same height, same color. I mean, you know, there was a lot of similarity. We both right. worked out in California. Um, and so obviously that's what we first connected on. Uh but no, Drake's my guy. Um, you know, Drake's one of my good friends. Uh, you know, his his toughest challenge right now. And, um, you know, trying to get closer to me would be Layton. Uh, of course. Yeah, and so, yeah. you know, I think it was, uh, it, it was, you know, early on, maybe in camp, uh, he, he went to go get our purse, like a little, little purse. Cause yeah. she, she loves purses. <laughs> um, and you know, she was kind of iffy with them. And then he, you know, she hasn't seen him for since a season or whatever. And I had dinner over at my house the other night. So he came over and obviously she's grown up since then and she's playing with them and doing Aww. this and. Drake only has a, an older sister, Right. so he doesn't know what the whole kids is, and she looks at me, he's like, I don't, what do I do, I don't know how to play with her, like, what are we going to do, and so he now that Layton likes her, uh, or likes them, excuse me, you know, they're, they're good friends, yeah. and so, uh, no, you know, it's just been, our relationship since day one has obviously, you know, just been there, um, and just continue to grow.
2: Uncle Drake. And Uncle, it's Uncle Drake, Uncle Drake for sure. Uncle Drake. And you and Drake London. I saw this on one of y'all's Instagram stories, but y'all, you, Drake London, and Tyler Algier have, like, bowled, like, together often. Who's the best bowler of the three?
1: Yeah, and, uh, and John Fitzpatrick. And John Fitzpatrick, um, that's right, yeah. So, yeah, we we was, we was doing that during the season. Tyler was the main one because he has his own bowling ball. Right. Um, <laughs> it, it, it smells like blueberries. Oddly really? Enough, it's actually a ball that smells like blueberries. Okay. <laughs> um
2: Does he smell? spray it with something or is nope. it like he bought it that and way? he bought
1: it that way wow. and it's custom it's custom molded to his fingers too which wow. is kind of crazy That's
2: okay Tyler but
1: it didn't help him uh, <laughs> no I mean I, I'm pretty sure I got him on on all those games okay. uh yeah it's pretty funny
2: I love that I had no idea he had a custom bowling so ball.
1: yeah so I think it was us four um you know the, when we came in for rookie mini camp, yeah. that, that, that was our room, Y'all room together yeah, yeah that was yeah. our room and ever since then it's like I said, those were the four that I was over at dinner the other night. We uh, went out to Arizona for the Super Bowl together, got an Airbnb out there, stayed out there, connected out there. And, uh, yeah, I think we're going to a nice dinner this week too. So Love that. Uh, yeah, it's just good connections. It's
2: just nice to be able to have people to do things with too because you come into a new city, a new circumstance. You're a professional now to be able to have guys who are kind of in step with you going through it I think is really
1: really nice 100 yeah. percent. I obviously you know I have my wife I have laying there right. with me uh you know Tyler's girlfriend comes back and forth and then Fitz is from Georgia from Atlanta mm-hmm. so he's in the city and then there's Drake the California <laughs> kid who, he's got his big house and he's the <laughs> only one in it with his dog and so it's funny for Christmas his mom was like Yes, like can you just can you just just, yeah just just bring him over to the house. So I'm like okay. I was like I was like you know I'll invite him this that, but I can't force him to come over. And so uh, I think he actually Facetimed his parents on Christmas morning and everything. So he was good.
2: So sweet. That's you're just taking care of Uncle Drake. Yeah, it's Uncle Drake.
0: And like in this like in this little group is. QB1, wide receiver 1, mm-hmm. Mr. 1000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And John is going to get his first real crack now that, late. Yep. Uh, now that he's back healthy. Um, are we ready for rapid fire? We
2: sure are. Okay.
0: Start to feel the pressure. Yep, let's go. <laughs> yes. These are hard-hitting, <laughs> I intense questions. Oh know, yeah. Uh,
2: okay, n- number one.
0: It's basically five questions. They're basically the same to everybody, and we
1: silently judge you on your answers. <laughs> okay. okay, ready? <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay, uh, number one. What is your favorite play of your career? Any level. Any level. Uh,
1: Against Georgia right before halftime. Tight end. <laughs> up through the tight end to Josh Wiley.
2: <laughs> all right. You know I went to UGA, right? Oh, no, I
1: didn't. Yeah. Oh, so now Dez yeah. is just Oh well, yeah. You know. now, now he's, now he's gone. So
2: Go ahead. Go, <laughs> go ahead. Get it
0: out. <laughs> say what you want back to say. Back-to-back
2: national champions. Them
1: dang dogs. Uh, I'll tell you.
2: Go freaking dogs.
0: Uh, what's your favorite, I don't know, TV show, something you binge, or a movie, anything that you watch all the time
1: or like? Mm-hmm. I'm going to give a, a sneaky one here. I'm okay. going to say Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. You're a
2: Grey's Anatomy a guy? I Anatomy.
1: <gasps> Stop it. Yeah. What did,
2: what did you think of um, them killing off um, Patrick Dempsey's character.
1: Did that break your heart? Derek? Yeah, Derek. Yeah, that was Dr. Shepard. In the in the uh the truck accident. Yeah. Yeah, it was tough. It was um, so preventable. No, so actually it was it was once I met Claire, that's who got me into it. Right. So uh yeah yeah back it was like junior year started watching it and then I mean we we've gone through it multiple times.
2: I love it. I so Grey's Anatomy I wish that I could get into it but I'm like really anti like blood. So any t- I could watch it if they just did the, the drama but there's too much there's too much blood I think what me.
1: helps out too is obviously I'm not in the medical field, so I right. don't know. I don't know what they're talking about. If they could be right, but it sounds good. It, it sounds, sounds good. And I know yeah. everyone, you know, talk about <laughs> Meredith Grey, and I'm like, hey, I'd her perform surgery. <laughs> <laughs> no problem.
0: Uh, uh, bonus question here: If Layton were in this chair right now, what what would be her favorite movie or TV show that she can't stop watching?
1: Ooh. I'm gonna go with Moana or Frozen. Mm-hmm. That's a that's, is that like a constant oh, rotation? And then Bluey, Bluey during the day. Bluey. Um, okay, I will watch Bluey even when my kids aren't in the room. Oh. We'll so we'll put her to bed and Bluey will still be on. Uh-huh. I'll yeah, be on my phone and it. I'll catch myself kind of looking over the TV watching and get a laugh or two and then go back <laughs> go to back my to phone. <laughs> but yeah, Blue okay. is a good one. Oh, um,
2: okay, uh, favorite player growing up, doesn't
1: uh, have a sport. definitely. Um, I would say either Peyton Manning mm-hmm. or um, Ray Ronda. Okay, okay. Yeah, both Rondo, from, both from Louisville. We both played at the uh, same Optimus League growing up. Oh, that's um, cool. Um, so yeah, sweet.
0: If you had a superpower, what would it be?
1: (sighs) Always go back and forth between, like, teleportation. Mm. It's fine. Yeah, we'll go with teleportation.
2: It's a good one. Smart. Yeah, I like that. And last but not least, what's one thing that you will never do again?
1: One thing that I will never do again. Mm
2: -hmm. (whistles) Yeah. Like, I'm very much, like, I'm never going to, like, eat a goose again because it bit, it bit my finger i told that on the podcast for those who have been with us since the beginning they know that story
1: i don't know i don't know man there, there's a lot of things that you know i might be iffy on um, but i'll still you know at the end of the day be like you know you, you got to do that again right um yeah. i don't know I was, quick story real quick it was one of my worst allergies is horses and my sister had a birthday party when she was like five years old at a horse farm <laughs> And I felt so bad because I was there for about 10 minutes. And in yeah. those 10 minutes, my eyes and face <laughs> were swollen. So I'm going to say, because Layton's birthday is coming out, I'm right. going to say never throw a horse party. <laughs> uh, never throw a horse party. Never. Never. Okay, horse so party. this
2: is why she's not having a pony This is why not, not, yeah, not not having a party. pony will
1: not be in our backyard. Okay,
2: that's I, good to know. We've I, gotten to the bottom
0: of it. We absolutely have. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for another that was a pretty awesome it's addition really of Falcons yeah. in Focus. Uh, thank you guys for joining in. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to the Falcons Podcast Network. And uh, I'm Scott. That's Tori. This is Desmond. Thank you so much for stopping by. See you.